Hey guys, what's going on? It's your host, your boy, George McKay, back here on another MLW Rewind. If you are watching us in YouTube land, hello. If you're a first-time viewer, hello. If you're listening to us on Podbean or any other podcast platform, hello. And if you're listening to us, to us exclusively on the SNME Network, that's the Sunday Night's Main Event Network, hello. This is MLW Rewind, and I never do it alone. I do it with my sometimes grumpy, sometimes borderline offensive for his looks, not anything else. The one, the only, Uncle Bobby B. What's happening? How's it going? It's going great. You couldn't sound any more excited. Like, I mean, we're going to talk MLW. Tonight's episode was freaking solid all around. I would say probably one of the best ones we've seen in the last few weeks in terms of wrestling, in terms of promo, in terms of everything. It was just, they knocked this one out of the park. I really don't have any complaints or any... uh justification especially considering the um main event that we saw last week that we both felt was rather phoned in this main event was not phoned in and lived up to all the prolonged hype so shall we jump into it sure let's dive right in all right so uh start with a jacob for two promo <laughs> on the calling he says uh they got one on him they got two they got three you know what they got four because it took four of them to put him down but all that did was wake him up. The black flag of Contra, they don't want that. It's still inside him. Never left him. And to John, you know what he is and what he's coming for. And that is the open weight title. Boom. So <clears throat> you, you think that was maybe foreshadowing a return of Contra? Maybe not a return of the Contra that we knew, but maybe either a saying that we're going to get a little bit more of a aggressive Jacob Fatu because as of late he hasn't been as aggressive as he's been in the past yes he was on the shelf for an injury for a brief period due to the calling and the four-on-one assault but I do believe that uh, what he's saying is is that uh, the aggression that he had when he was with Contra that never left him but you could be right too I mean I thought of that but then I thought I don't really know if they want to take a step back because he's kind of babyface with SST right now that would be this would be reverting back to two years ago and we don't want to do and that. i agree well but i was and i had the same thoughts as you did like like oh they wouldn't they wouldn't do that but i was like but what if contra comes back with sans uh you know uh oh god i just do did the poor dude a disservice joseph samael sans joseph samael with jacob fatu as the leader but they're not the Contra of old. They're now just a united Contra against the calling. And we see like a different Contra, but just under that same banner. I don't know. It's a possibility. He doesn't, I, I don't think so because he's, he's with the Samoans, you know, like they've got that whole angle happening. So I don't know why, but you never know. Stranger things have happened. There have been a lot of things that we um, we've seen that have shocked us. And Beastman versus Microman, that was stranger, and that well, happened. Well, well, it definitely did happen, and we'll get into that a little bit later in the show. But uh, also later tonight, we're going to find out who Delmi, Exo, the new featherweight champion, will be taking on at Never Say Never. That's right, Rob and I both discussed that the match card is still very light. We're only three matches in to what uh, what a pay-per-view would hold, and usually the typical pay-per-view, I mean, is usually at least about six to seven matches. So we're still a little light, but uh, we're going to get a fourth match now. We just got to figure out who the opponent is. And uh, then we kick it off with the first match of the night. It is a triple threat tag team match. It's the main event versus FBI 
versus SST, the defending tag team champions. Uh, this match was great. It was a uh, tornado tag, if you will, uh, mixed with a, uh, you know, triple threat style, one fall to a finish. I loved it. Uh, my favorite part was when little Guido, everyone was down at one point in the ring and little Guido was trying to steal the win so much so that he even pinned his own partner. And the referee looked at him like, what are you doing? And, and even his own partner was like, what's happening? And then unfortunately, while both of them were discussing things in the corner, Juicy Finau ran right into them, dropping Ray on his butt and little Guido on the front portion of Ray Jazz's, as Joe Dombrowski called it, family legacy. That's right. <laughs> uh, little Guido might have interrupted the Italiano bloodline in the FBI. But as usual, the SST hits the Polynesian plunge for the win, and they retain the tag team straps. But this one was great. Everyone got their spots in, as we always say. Everyone got their work in. The main event looked great. And for once, I will say, the tag team division right now in MLW looks okay. It's not a concern right now. There actually are teams that can hold the ground and at least make the SST have to work to continually defend these titles, which is great. Rob, your thoughts on this triple threat tornado tag action that kicked off tonight's episode? Pretty much nothing I can say that, <clears throat> excuse me, you didn't already say, but I'll try. Uh, did did enjoy the commentary. Uh, they talked about Ray Jazz kind of putting him over just, just as I've been saying. That dude has really got a lot of talent. So I was saying, like, where's FBI been? Remember a week or, or two weeks ago? Like, we haven't seen FBI. Well, there they are. So it was nice to see them back in action. Love little Guido. He still got it, man. Like all that, all that charisma. It's great. It was a fun match, a little bit of twists and turns. And, and uh, it was a great way to open off uh, the show because we didn't really get like a Lucha match uh, this time as we often do to open. So there mm -hmm. you go. It was definitely a nice change of pace. And then right after this great start, we get a summer skin crawling promo from the calling. Pretty much uh, Raven saying Samoans are down here and the calling is up here. Jacob that was Batu, the weirdest part of the promo for me, but continue. Yeah. yeah saying Jacob and you know, mentioning a lot of people that aren't in the bloodline saying that they weren't coming. Jay's not coming. Jimmy's not coming. You're on your own. Not even mentioning juicy and Lance, but clearly mentioning the Usos from a company that shall not be named. Surprising Corp Bauer would let that slip through, or maybe that was an intentional shot at WWE because we know how Corp Bauer likes to sometimes take those little small digs when he can. But Raven saying, Jacob, but two, you're on your own. No one is coming to help you. And it's going to be like a tidal wave crashing all over you. Interesting. And, and again, uh, the only thing I didn't like was, uh, come on, Raven, you know better. Samoans, no. Samo <laughs> the Samoan bloodline has produced some of the best wrestlers in every decade of pro wrestling. And right now, especially, there are so many great Samoans from that bloodline currently wrestling in today's product as a whole that for you to say that shows how out of touch you it's are or whoever wrote that promo is. It wasn't even that. I was okay with that. It was the fact that he did that whole up here, down here thing. Like, it was just so out of context for that promo and that, that character that he's doing. Like, he could have came up with so many different ways of putting it could have said like, you know, the, the, the calling is, is rising above all of the scum, like blah, blah, blah. Like he could have said, I, I don't know, but it, it is what it is. It was a promo and it wasn't terrible. Just that one part really 
kind of made me scratch my head <clears throat> is what it is <laughs> is well that's the part that i specifically also remembered of the promo that and the fact that also it was the only audible portion of the promo the audio on this one was a little bit on the rough rough yeah, around the edges side you know you're rough around the edges what is with you today you got to stick up your ass or something kind of yeah yeah okay well don't take your shit out on me man deflect your shit elsewhere i don't got time for you hey Stay i pissed on a rock on sunday okay huh i pissed a rock on sunday okay oh, actually it was saturday you fool was it i don't remember yeah, it was it was saturday was so how, much how do i know your health see this is this is how much one of us puts more into this friendship than the other anyways moving on saint laurent he's complaining about his royalties they shouldn't be going to microman not directly anyways they should be going directly to saint laurent at his office in toronto yes he said toronto not toronto toronto and he told the guy next time you do this next time you do this you will be osh bosh osh posh bagosh in trouble do not send his royalties directly to him ever again and then at that point davy boy smith jr walks by and saint laurent tries to chase him down i'm assuming to talk business um but with the fact that the Beastman match is happening later, St. Laurent's mind should be focused on the fact that he may not get royalties if Microman dies. So that's not a thing to be focusing on right at this minute. But very strange how they're putting these little seeds of doubt now in the thing, almost to the point where I believe we are going to get a Microman St. Laurent match of some time when Microman finds out that St. Laurent is skimming off the top. What do you think? Well, I, I, I just want to know where Toronto comes into the uh, equation here. Uh, I I don't do the Twitter thing, but I know you are on the Twitter machine. You you better be querying Monsieur Saint Laurent over his Canadian connections, because uh, as you know, we are based. Well, as you clearly know, but our listeners may or may not know, we're based just outside of Toronto. Mm. So if Mister Saint Laurent has a Toronto office, I don't see why we should not be involved in his affairs up here, mm. and thus collecting some of that microman money. That's true. Well, well, we'll use this clip as a promotional clip for the episode, and we will pose this question to St. Laurent after MLW drops. We want, we want, we want a clip. Never mind, I want a clip. We want a cut of that Microman money. Well, if Microman's not getting a cut of his money, what are two podcasters from Canada going to get out of it? Uh, Microman gets a cut. Just, you know, this Mr. St. Laurent takes a bit off the top for his representation. I'm assuming, yeah, no, I, I'm assuming he takes well more off the top. I'm assuming it's probably Microman's cut is probably very micro sized. And That's then we the we truth. we just take a little micro slice of that for for our cooperation up here and you know handling of affairs. Right, right, because we're so deeply involved in that. Moving on, <laughs> recap of Taya's loss from last week. She's in the back. She's upset, and then she looks over at the camera and says, "Can I help you?" A literal no one just beat me i didn't come to mlw to be a loser i am a multi-time champion and then she tells the camera to get out of her face the funny thing was the camera stayed in one position but she walked closer towards it so i believe the cameraman was basically trying to say why don't you get out of my face because i'm just staying back here but regardless uh what did you think of the uh i like this the little tying of the tying off of the tie promo one little last temper tantrum before she goes off into the sun and no longer in MLW for this time around. Uh, what did you think? I mean, I, I thought it was okay for what it was. But the fact to call Delmi Exo a literal nobody, yet the storyline was that you ducked her for weeks on end, that was a head scratcher. But hey, what are you going to do? It's never going to be perfect. 
Yeah, I, I think it was just more to uh, if you're not familiar with like the indies and, and some of the other stuff, like you might not know who Del Mixo is, whereas Taya is, you know, super popular in Mexico and America and, and whatnot internationally. So I guess it was that was the kind of shot. But, you know, it was a parting parting promo. It wasn't terrible. Uh, could have been worse. I don't know if it could have been better, but it was it was pretty solid. And I, I don't know if it's necessarily the end. We'll see if Taya altogether but definitely not the last we'll see of her tonight absolutely we'll get into that a little bit more later in the show but i do believe she is uh, contractually no longer obligated with mlw dates have been fulfilled and uh, obviously as we know she is in aew now uh we get a recap also of last week sam adonis john hennigan choking the life literal the life out of mance warner and both fighters have been fined by mlw brass $2,500 each they have to come up with this in seven days or they will both be suspended at this point, we get a promo. Well, hold on. We'll fulfill your thoughts in a second. We get a promo for Mance. Yeah, this to say, Sam Adonis, try to send me to meet death. You try to send me to death's door by choking me out. Now I want us to be locked up together. Rob and I both called it in a strap match. You did this to me. Now I'm going to end this. I'm going to send you to death's door. I like the promo by Manser. I liked how the fact that he started a little bit softer because his esophagus was a little bit bruised from getting choked up. But then as the promo got more intense, Mance got more intense. This was one of the most well-orchestrated or well-delivered. Mance always delivers solid promos, but this one was a special one for me. This one really captured my attention, and I think Mance knocked it out of the park. He hit every mark he was supposed to hit, and we already knew the strap match was coming. But what do you think of Mance's promo? And the announcement of the strap match. And then we'll get into your thoughts on the $2,500 each fine for both gentlemen and what they did last week. Uh, stoked for the strap match. Like you said, we knew it was coming. The promo had a very old school vibe to it. The way he ended up just kind of screaming at the end. I loved it. Um, 2500 bucks. Listen, you're talking about Sam Adonis and, and Johnny Drip Drip. Multinational superstars. Champions. They they pissed twenty five hundred bucks. Like what what is what is what is that? That's nothing. That's a micro sliver of Mister Saint Laurent's royalties from Microman. Like, sure, sure. But hey, twenty five hundred, pay up or split. Yeah, well, twenty five hundred each, so five thousand total must be paid in seven days. So if we do not get the payment by next week, and I I wouldn't be surprised knowing Sam Adonis if he doesn't pay, so he doesn't have to show up for the strap match. I mean, I could just see Sam Adonis doing that, being like, "Yeah, yeah, no, I don't have the twenty five hundred bucks. I don't have it, so I'm not, I'm not participating in the strap match. I don't know." Uh, <laughs> next match of the card, we got Microman rolling out there with Mister Saint Laurent. We got Beastman rolling out there with Kim Chi, and it's Beastman versus Microman. Uh, the match was, eh? And the only reason I say that is because. Much like the Luchadors, I don't think Beastman has a lot of experience working with Microman. So in order to kind of maneuver Microman the right ways to, to make the moves look as good as they do, you've really needed to have like a, that one of the Lucha timing. Yeah, that Lucha timing and, and one of the Luchadors that Microman is so used to working with. And, um, you know, they, they did do the DDT rather well. Uh, Beastman picking Microman up over eight feet and dropping him was pretty good too. And then of course, also taking bites out of Microman's side was pretty funny all in all. And then Kim Chi throwing in the, uh, well, see, this is where it gets weird for me. 
kimchi throwing in the old school like police baton from like the 20s and 30s but joe dombrowski called it a riding crop to which matt striker rebuttaled what horses are you riding and i feel so bad for them if you're hitting them with that and at that point <laughs> uh microman uh low blowed beast man to get into the ddt position for the one the two the three and microman goes on to win and beating beast man but man joe dombrowski please do not hit horses with that baton ever, sir. Please don't. Rob, what's your thoughts? I, I believe that's called a, a baton or a cudgel, perhaps. That's what I, that's but, what I said. I said a baton yeah. from like the 20s you know, or the 30s. Or yeah. like a cudgel, I think yeah. they used to call it. But in, in any case, yeah, it was the match was what it was. You know, it was a fun match. A few laps in there. A uh, little bit of little bit of a break between all these other things that we had going on. So, yeah, it was fun for what it was. I'm not going to knock it. I'm not knocking it either. I mean, just that timing was an issue, obviously, considering the fact that two the two competitors had not probably worked together as often as they would like. And uh, yeah, Matt Stryker though was on a whole different level. Man, he caught that right away. It was fantastic. Absolutely, Stryker was. We'll get to that in the next. Absolutely, there's a lot more gold to come, commentating wise. Uh, We got a promo from John and Sam. John is working out on the balcony. Sam is there, kind of pepping him up, talking about how you know Ty should never lost that belt. But man, choking Mance Warner out was awesome. It was great. And then John Hennigan saying he's sending Jacob a two a message because there's nothing more that Taya likes than watching the mayor of Slam Town slam dudes around the ring. And then he saunters off with his open weight title in hand. Uh, all in all, probably the weakest promo of the night, just based on aesthetics and kind of where it fit in the show. I understand why they put it there, but not my favorite promo. Not, you know, not horrible. Just not really with two people in there that can talk like that. I felt like this one was phoned in a little bit, honestly. And truly that's what I felt. Yeah. And we're very simpatico on the way we feel about promos usually. So in this case we are, uh, I, I felt the same way. I was like, eh, not the worst, but I know both these guys can do a little better. Like it seemed like they did it in one take. Very that's much. How so. I felt. Yeah. Very much. So one take, maybe two, that might've been a, a safety take, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely wasn't the strongest one. We also get some Opera Cup news. Davy Boy Smith Jr. has been announced as the first competitor. That's right, Harry Smith. He is going to be entering the Opera Cup, which is obviously his family's lineage. It's one of the olding, oldest sorry, wrestling competitions in the known history of pro wrestling. And we also get some news that we already knew. Uh, they're just kind of reiterating it for the hell of it. Alex Kane has been officially banned from this Opera Cup and any future Opera Cups for what he did last year from stealing the cup from Davy Richards to damaging the cup to rebranding the cup to all the stuff that Alex Kane did. And then we get a promo from Kane and Kane says he rebranded it and they ban him. And Mr. Thomas says, well, maybe it's your boy hammer. Kane says, well, well, the placeholder, the boundary, the thing he's going to overcome. No, no, no. This is a conspiracy by the league. They keep taking things from him, and that's fine. But he's going to give back, and that's on Bumaye. He's going to give back with, I'm going to say this right now, not like last week, the Big Apple Grapple. That's right. He's going to give back. That's next week. And he hopes that Hammer's in attendance so he can see what's coming his way for never say never. We also get word on who Delmi XO's opponent will be for never say never, and it is none other than WXW champion. Ava Everett. Yes, she's announced to take on the featherweight champion for 
the featherweight strap at never say never what do you got rob what are you thinking um uh i i'm just a little confused because i thought it, ava everett wasn't the champion there but hey I, I don't know what's going they on. Announced so... her as the WXW champion. Even on the graphic, she's holding the WW WXW Women's Champion or the championship. So she is a champion over there of some kind. Uh, so what's what's interesting is it's a title versus title match. So uh, will we have an actual winner? Or we get like a double count out or something like that. So both champs retain and nobody looks bad. This will be interesting. Who knows? It could, what's go, to, it could go to a time limit draw as well. Because absolutely, a minute time limit draw, right? Right, uh, which so... would stretch out the card a little bit for sure if they were to go full time in almost every match. I know I, I I can see the way that they're building the pay per view that Alex Kane and Hammer is going to get forty five. That's with entrances included. I'm going to say it's going to be a forty five minute because these two guys are going to want to go hard. Yeah, let and let them go. However Absolutely, it's going to go. Let them go. So, what did you think though about the uh, news that Davy Boy Smith is going to be the first entrant in this year's Upper Cup and Alex Kane promo? Rob, is it a conspiracy or did Kane do it to himself? Of course it's a conspiracy. Come on. They just don't want him in there because they know he'll win it. That's why. Well, I mean, he does want to win the Oprah Cup. I mean, he rebranded it to be the Oprah Cup. So they just know he'll win it. That's why it's a conspiracy. It's a hundred percent conspiracy. But what did you think about Davy Boy Smith being announced as the first entrant? Are you surprised? Not surprised? I am Jack's complete lack of surprise. Okay. 10-4. All right, perfect. So we were both not surprised when they announced that Davey Boy Smith Jr. would be the first competitor. I guess we'll see who will fill out the other seven positions. Uh, I'll, That'll I'll, be I'll go even further. Mm. It doesn't matter who's going to fill out the other seven positions because Davey Boy Smith Jr. is going to win. Mm. And then you see Davey Boy Smith possibly being the first person to uh, take on either Alex Kane or Hammerstone after Never Say Never. Yeah, we could see that. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. And now it is time for the main event of the evening. That's right, Jacob Batu, John Hennigan, open weight title on the line. This one was chaotic in a lot of ways. Sam Adonis on commentary. John and Fatu were in the ring. They were exchanging so many great combos, and the chemistry was fantastic. Ty on the outside. At one point, it was a three-on-one, because when Jacob went for the first attempt on the moonsault, John laying square in the ring, Taya getting involved, and then Sam Adon is actually hopping off commentary to throw something at Jacob Batu to cause the distraction so Taya could hit Batu with the open weight title. Uh, Shout out it, Joe Dombrowski. Joe, yeah, Joe got... Joe got, got knocked. Well, I'm going to get into that in a few seconds, but yeah, um, yeah at, at that point, though, Delmi XO came out, and she kind of helped neutralize Taya with Juicy for now, while Lance Awani kept the calling at bay, and then Mance Warner attacking Sam Adonis at the commentary table, inadvertently hitting Joe Dombrowski. And Matt Stryker actually seemed quite concerned as Joe kind of had to re, as he put, as he said, as he re, you know, you know, recentered himself, if you will, put the headset back on. Joe finished calling the match like the absolute true professional that he is. And uh, yeah, this one was a wild one. There were people that were not in this match. Everyone was getting cameos. It was great. Uh, but once everyone was kind of neutralized and it was just Fatou and Hennigan in the ring, this match was magic. You couldn't have asked for a better seven to eight minutes to finish up the match. And then Jacob Fatou finally hits the moonsault for the one, two, three. And we got ourselves a new openweight champion. Uh, the jokes that Sam Adonis was throwing at Joe Dombrowski 
were next level. My favorite one was look at that jawline on John Hennigan. Have you ever seen that jawline on a man like that before? To which Joe Dobransky said jawline. Sam Madonna said, don't get jealous, Mr. Double Chin. So I, I, I will say Sam Adonis knocked it out of the park. Joe Dombrowski, the ever-true professional. Matt Stryker, the ever-true king of the one-liner. Another great uh, commentary bit that I did catch was when Matt Stryker said, Joe, I know you're a fan of me and my work. Walk us through this moment right now. As Jacob Batu <laughs> and John Hennigan were laying flat in the middle of the ring, there was no reason to bring up yourself at all, Matt Stryker. But you absolutely did, and you absolutely killed it. I just loved everything about this match. I loved how everybody kind of got their karmatic finish, if you will, if that's the right words. Everybody got a little bit of karma in this one. All in all, this was a great episode. Not a lot of things to say bad. Again, we don't ever shit on the product because we love the product so much. We just give our constructive feedback because we know that the roster is so talented. And when they do stuff like phone it in and stuff, it's a disappointment because we know what MLW can do when it's firing on all cylinders. And for the most part, every engine was burning very, very hot tonight. And it was a great show all around. Rob? Yeah, uh, the the last match, <clears throat> excuse me, as great as it was, and it was it had like a big fight feel the way everything kind of panned out with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the commentary, I, I, hate, I hate to say it, but the commentary almost stole the show tonight. Uh, it was really on fire, whether it was just Joe and Matt or, or throwing Sam into the mix. Really enjoyed it. This was a solid episode. A little bit different than what we've been seeing. Like I said, no real like lucha match aside from Microman. Uh, but it was it was a good episode. I, I really enjoyed this one. This is another one you could say to somebody who maybe doesn't know or doesn't watch MLW. Like check check this out. There's a little bit of what they're about. Uh, and and you know you can't complain about that last match. So we got a new open weight champion in Jacob Fatu. We've got a new middleweight champion as of last week with Akira. Will we have a new heavyweight champion after Never Say Never on July eighth? We also got a new featherweight champion after last week. Oh, well. that's right. We got a new featherweight champion. But we have I forget. pretty much everyone is a new title holder except for the tag team champions. Which after Never Say Never, the calling could be the new tag team champions. And after Never Say Never, Alex Kane could dethrone Hammerstone, knocking off an almost four-year title reign with his open weight title reign and heavyweight title reign combined, but a two-year heavyweight title reign. So Alex Hammerstone has not been without Golden MLW since 2019. I mean, that's pretty damn impressive. And that says a lot about your boy Hammer. Uh, so that that pretty much tells us that Alex Kane, as much as he loves the mind games and he's great with the words, we know Alex Kane is training hard for this one because this is an opportunity that he knows is a big deal. Yeah, he may try be he may be talking the shit here and there when he can, but Alex Kane knows what he's up against, and what he's up against is a man who has not been without a title around his shoulder or waist in four years, and that's yeah. that says something about Hammer. That absolutely that's does. on Boomaye. That 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 is definitely on Boomaye. But Boomaye is for the kids and for the people and all the things that Boomaye is for. So don't forget, next week, guys, we get that strap match with Sam Adonis and Mance Warner. We get the Big Apple Grapple. And that is our final fusion before we head to Never Say Never. Or, I sorry, our second last fusion before we head to Never Say Never. Jump right jump Yeah, okay. So there's two more fusions right before we lead into Never Say Never. And then probably a couple more fusions after that. And then, as they usually do, they will take their uh, summer break. And Rob and I will also take our summer break because we could use a little distance from one another. It's been a long year. 
we're we're literally in different houses right I now. Know. I know, but you know what? You you I was in a great mood, and then you just brought me right down with your nonsense. Well, I was in a terrible mood, and you made it worse. How's that? That's not fair. That's not a fair adjustment at all. I, I don't. I, no, I, I don't. I'm, I don't accept it. Relax. I'm getting. I am okay? relaxed. I, I am was relaxed. getting. I am relaxed. In the in the words of little Guido. Yeah. All right, guys, that's it for this one. I am your host, your boy, one and only George Wakai, and that is Bad Moon, Bad Mood, Bobby Banks. Arrivederci. Oh, he says Arrivederci now because he doesn't want to say adios because he knows I'm going to cut him up. Later, guys. (laughs) 